from Mark 12, chapter 12, verse 13 to 17. We read, Later they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and, and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked. Bring me a denarius. See, that's the one in the, in the monitor. And it says, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's. They replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God. So the church and the state or nation. So the church mission in the world. The Catholic Church mission is to carry out and continue the work of Jesus Christ on earth. So the church and those in it must share the word of God, help those in need, and love and live as examples to all. In the evangelization, the church should take into account the relationship between the gospel and the personal behavior both at the individual level and social level. So it contains, it entails making clear the implications of the gospel for social life. Thus, the church has the mission and also the right to be concerned about social problems. So there is a deep and essential union between Christian life and human development. The goal of Christian conduct is identification with Christ. The liberation Jesus brings requires striving to further human liberation in earth realities. So that is the that is the church does not doesn't have a direct role in the organization of society, but has the task to teach and interpret the moral principles in social organizations. So the relationship within the church and the state. Now, uh, religion and politics, although distinct in scope, are not separate realms. Why? Since each person has to fulfill his or her religious duties, tandem with social and economic and political duties. So the faithful should learn to distinguish lawfully between the rights and duties which are theirs as members of the church and those which they have as members of society. So they have to unite the two harmoniously, remembering that every temporal activities, they are to be guided by a Christian conscience. So the relationship between the church and the state entails, therefore, a distinction without separation, a union without confusion, this relationship will be correct and fruitful if three fundamental principles are, are fostered. First, we have to accepting a sphere of moral values that precede and guide the political sphere. Second, to, dis, 
distinguishing the mission of religion and politics. Fostering the collaboration, third, fostering the collaboration between the church and the state. So, uh, how do we how do we explain these things? No, for moral values, moral values should guide political life. So the state needs to be informed by the moral values that foster the integral development of the persons. It is not, it is not the role of the state to decide what is good and what is evil. Rather, it has the obligation to seek and promote common good. Second, the church and the state differ in their nature and aims. So the church apostolic mandate from Christ is to bring souls to him through church doctrine and apostolic activities. So with this, the church helps humanity to attain their ultimate end. The means the church employs to carry out her mission are first, spiritual. Through preaching the gospel, administering the sacraments and prayer. Material means which must always be in conformity with the gospel. The aim of the state is the earthly common good of civil society. This good is not only material but also spiritual, since members of society are persons with body and soul. Now, social progress requires, besides material goods, many other goods of a spiritual nature. So these are peace order, justice, freedom, security. So these goods can only be achieved through the exercise of social virtues, which the state should foster and safeguard. Now, the difference between the religious and political spheres entails that the state, the nation, does not enjoy a sacred character. It does not govern people's consciences since moral foundation lies outside its, its providence. The church does not possess coercive political solution. From here stems two important rights. The church right to religious freedom, which consists in immunity from coercion on the part of the state in religious matters. Second, the right of Catholics to freedom of action with respect to hierarchy in temporal matters. Third, jurisdiction in mixed matters. So there are matters in which both the church and the state should intervene according to their respective competencies and goals. Like for these mixed matters include education, marriage, social media, assistance for needy. So in these matters, collaboration is particularly necessary so that each one can achieve its own mission without any impediment by the other. In marriage, the church has the right to regulate the marriage of Catholics. Marriage is sacred and the church is responsible for establishing norms and how it is administered. 
and the state's responsibility in regulating its civil effects. So for the education of the children is the responsibility of the parents. So the state should always respect the parents' right to choose the orientation of their children's education. So the church has the responsibility of spreading the teaching of the Catholic doctrine in school. So some final notes. So as we said earlier, the state should not elevate itself to the divine level. And the church should not take sides in temporal affairs, which are constantly, constantly changing. So the political community and the church are autonomous. They are having the freedom to govern itself or control its own affairs and independent of each other in their own fields. Nevertheless, both are devoted to the personal vocation of man under different titles. So the church as such has not been given the mission of finding specific solutions for temporary matters and should refuse to be constituted judge in the realm of earthly affairs. So in this way, she follows, the church follows Christ, who by declaring that his kinship is not from the world, expressly refused to be constituted judge in the realm of earthly affairs. So church mission is one of the leading of the lead of leading men to their supernatural and eternal destiny. Her just and necessary concern with problems that pertain to human society is derived from her spiritual mission and must stay in the bounds of her mission. So, and for us Christians placed in the very center of society with all the rights and duties this bring with it to find solutions for temporal problems. We must work to form around us a world which becomes ever more Christian. We must do this by being exemplary citizens, doing what is required from us. But the way a Christian must act is to go even further than the law demands. The, as Christians, we should be known as people who do far more from love of God and love of man, for the love of God and the love of man. So unity of life, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. So our Lord made a distinction between those duties that relate to society and those that refer to God, but in no way living a double life. The Christian chooses his political, social, and professional options according to his innermost convictions. And what he gives to society in which he lives is the true vision of a man and of society. In practice, just as in private life, the Christian must take his inspiration from the doctrine and the following of Jesus Christ. This will inevitably make his behavior more human and still be more noble. But if the terms, the autonomy of the earthly affairs is meant that material being doesn't depend on God and that man can use it as if it had no relationship, no relation to its creator, then the falsity of such claim will be obvious to anyone who believes in God. Without a creator, 
there's no creature, then society itself becomes inhuman and difficult to live in. Our testimony in the middle of the world has to be manifested by a deep unity of life. Love of God has to lead us. Love of God has to lead us to carry out faithfully all our obligations as citizens, to pay our taxes, to vote conscientiously in seeking to bring about common good. So here is an excerpt from In Conversation with God by, by uh, Fernandez. Excerpt from, yeah, and it is, it is uh, from Blessed, now St. John Paul, exhorted us. This is from St. John Paul II. Be sure to live and to infuse into temporal realities the sap of faith of Christ, aware that this faith does not destroy anything that is truly human, but rather strengthens, purifies, and elevates it. Bring that spirit to bear in the attention you give to crucial problems in the sphere of the family by living and defending the dissolubility solubility of marriage and all the other values contained within it. By fostering respect for all human life from the very moment of its conception, bring it to bear in the world of culture, of education, and of teaching. By choosing for your children a school in which the bread of Christian faith is presented, be strong too and generous when you are called upon to contribute to the eradication of injustice and social and economic discrimination. When you are called upon to participate in the positive task of increasing and justly distributing earthly goods, bend every effort so that your laws and customs do not turn their back on the transcendent meaning of man or on the moral aspects of life. Our union with God, this is necessary if we are to be a better Christian. And to God, the things that are God's, our Lord's also stress this aspect, although they did not expressly ask him concerning it. Caesar looks for his own likeness, give it to him. God looks for his own likeness, give it back to him. Do not cause Caesar to lose his coin because of you. Do not cause God to lease his coin among you exclusively to him. Being good Christians will lead us to want to be good citizens because our faith urges us all the time to be a good student, to be a good mothers who are capable of denying themselves and whose faith and love give them the strength to bring their family in the best possible way. To be good and fair-minded businessmen and etc. Christ's examples lead us all to be hardworking, warm-hearted, cheerful, and optimistic. It urges us to do more than we are strictly obliged to do. It teaches us to live loyalty towards our spouse if we are married, towards the firm we work for, and towards the party or group to which we belong. Love of God, if it is true love, is the guarantee of love for men and shows itself in deeds. A decree went out from Emperor Augustus enjoining that all the inhabitants of Israel should be registered. Mary and Joseph made their way to Bethlehem 
Has it ever occurred to you that the Lord made use of the prompt acceptance of a law to fulfill his prophecy? <laughs> 